This morning we are looking at the final name of Jesus, although it's an endless amount of names, but uh, four prophetic names in the book of Isaiah. As we uh, look at, uh, at uh, the last name of Jesus in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And again, as well, we've been looking at these names, uh, I want to remind you that uh, this prophecy from Isaiah took place 725 years before Jesus was born. It was in a very dark period of time that God gave this promise to the nation of Israel. And in giving this promise, uh, again, they waited 725 years for this promise to come to fruition. And in giving this promise, things didn't get better for Israel. They got worse for, for both the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And, uh, and I just want to remind you of that there, there's times where we walk with Christ in our life and, uh, and we hold on to promises. And those promises uh, are just as real regardless of your circumstances. And we can trust his word. But uh, in the names that we've looked at uh, over the last few weeks, we've looked at the fact that Jesus is the mighty God. That he is the everlasting father who is never going to go away. Yes, you're going to lose your earthly father, but you're never going to lose your everlasting father. We've looked at the fact that his name meant wonderful counselor. He is the all-knowing wonderful counselor of our life. And this morning, we're going to look at the fourth name, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. What's up with that? Prince of Peace. Because when Jesus came into the world the first time, uh, the world didn't become more peaceful. In fact, uh, there were a lot of people who didn't like Jesus. And he created a lot of division. A lot of people hated Jesus. And there's been wars that uh, have been fought over the name of Jesus. And Jesus told his disciples uh, before he ascended to go back to the Father that the world has hated me, and if the world's hated me, they're going to hate you as well. And so when we look at this last name of Jesus, Prince of Peace, uh, we're not talking about a physical peace, uh, a political peace that that Jesus is going to bring on the scene the first time. No, that's yet future. That's yet to come. That's, that's a promise that we can hold on to. As bad as this world is, that is a promise that you and I can hold on to. He is going to be that Prince of Peace. But what is, does Prince of Peace mean right now? We're talking about a spiritual peace, a, an emotional peace that Jesus can be in our lives right now. And as we look at this idea, this theme of peace this morning, there's really two kinds of peace. Uh, there's the peace of God and there is peace with God. And you will never have the peace of God until you have made first peace with God. 
And so I want to talk about both those themes this morning. Uh, how to make peace with God and what does it mean to have the peace of God? How can we experience the peace of God? First, how do we make peace with God? Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says this. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We can have peace with God through only one person. This is the spiritual dimension of Jesus' name, meaning Prince of Peace. It's Jesus that makes us friends with God, reconciles us back to the Father. And as as we look at people today, there's really only two categories of people. The people who are children of God and the people who are enemies of God. And the amazing thing about both these categories, whether you're a child of God or you're an enemy of God, God loves both of them. If you haven't been reconciled to God right now through the person of Jesus Christ, guess what? God still loves you. Look at what the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. The Bible says, for while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to even die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. When we were at our absolute worst, the Bible says, as the Roman soldiers were nailing Jesus' hands and feet to the cross, God couldn't have loved them any more than he loved them at that very moment. While we were still sinners, while we were not even thinking of him, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we but be saved by his life. And so for the two groups of people in this room this morning, there's one group that is yet to make that decision. And you are still God's enemy. But God sent his son, Jesus, to die on a cross for your sin, that you might be reconciled to the Father through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. He doesn't want you to be his enemy. He wants you to be his child. And so for you, if you've not made that decision yet... We want to encourage you to do so. And we want to help you in making that decision. There's going to be a a time of decision at the, the end of this message before we take the Lord's Supper. And if you've never made that decision before, I want to invite you to just dismiss yourself from your row and, and go talk to one of the elders uh, in the dining hall uh, during that time of worship because that's the most important decision that you'll ever make of your life. And for the other group of people in this room, uh, 
um, it means that we need to fall down in worship and remember and to say thank you for all that Christ has done for us in making us children of God. So I just want to walk with you through um, uh, a little diagram. You have it on the back of your handout this morning, and those circles are rather large. I didn't look at the handout uh, prior to it being printed, so uh, forgive me for that. But uh, I want to just walk you through um, how does a person uh, make peace with God? The first circle that you can fill in is uh, that uh, God has created us. He has designed us for a purpose. Uh, The Bible says in Ephesians that we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We have been created for a purpose. And when we're living according to that person purpose, you know what? We have peace with God and we experience the peace of God. But unfortunately, we live in a fallen world. We live in a messed up world. And what messes us up is sin. And sin has broken uh, the design that God has created us to be. And when we go our own way, when we choose to do our own thing, guess what? That leads to brokenness. And we see brokenness all around us. And we've experienced, or maybe we're experiencing brokenness right now. Um, You know, we're just choosing to be our, our own boss. And so we'll go off in different paths, hoping that uh, what we're choosing to do at the moment is going to fill that void in our life. And after a while, at the, at the moment, it feels good. It feels right. But if it's not of God, it leads to a dead-end path. And it leads to further brokenness. And what's the answer? The answer is the person of Jesus Christ. The story of the gospel is the story of Jesus coming into our messed up existence, into our world and into our messed up world, took on flesh, lived the life that none of us could live. He lived the perfect sinless life. He fulfilled all the letter of the law. And in living that perfect life, in doing God's will, he chose, he chose to go to a cross and die for our sin. The perfect person, God, chose to die in our place. He took on the wrath of God upon himself, died in our place so that we wouldn't have to. He took our sin, my sin, your sin, upon himself and gave us his righteousness in return. And three days later, the Bible says, up from the grave, he arose. We're going to be celebrating that on April 5th this year. But Jesus is alive today. He conquered sin and death. And when we choose to believe 
what the word says, what the, what the gospel story is all about. When we choose to be, repent, repent of our sin and believe in who Jesus is, we have new life. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. We become children of God. And we begin to pursue God and and live according to the design that God has created us to be. And we experience that peace. We experience that purpose. That's a that's a very simple presentation of how you can share with somebody else how to make peace with God. And uh, if you want to um, use this personally as an evangelism tool, uh, I would encourage you to go to the app. There's an app put out by the North American Mission Board called Life on Mission. And uh, you can just use that screen and sweep through, swipe through uh, all the different explanations here and hear this presentation. I hope that makes sense to you. Uh, if, if you are a person living in brokenness right now, there is hope. But it's only in the person of Jesus. And if you've never made that decision, today may it be the day of your salvation. We want to help you. If you don't have the word of God, uh, we have free Bibles in the Connection Center. You can pick up a free Bible. In your uh, handout this morning is a Bible reading outline. I would encourage you to make a commitment to read God's word every single day. But again, you can't experience the Prince of Peace until you've made peace with God. So let's go to the second. How how do we experience the peace of God? Again, this isn't a promise of physical peace. If you make peace with God, chances are your life is going to get a lot worse. Because not everybody, all your friends, are not going to agree with the decision that you've made. And there are going to be things that you've done with other people who are enemies with God that, man, because the Holy Spirit lives inside your life, um, you know that as a child of God, you're not to participate in those things anymore. And if you choose not to, people aren't going to like that. The reason why they don't like that is because now you represent light. You represent truth. And your life, your light kind of shines on their darkness. And they want to continue to live in that darkness. So when we talk about experiencing the peace of God, physical peace isn't promised to you. But there is spiritual and emotional peace. Look what Jesus says in John sixteen thirty three. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. There is peace in Jesus Christ. But in the world you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. 
So this peace is not the absence of conflict, but an ability to cope with the conflicts and frustrations of life. So simply, how do you experience the peace of God? You experience his peace by living the life God has designed you, created you to live. Go back to the other side of the paper. You live according to God's design for your life. Let me just give you a couple verses. Colossians chapter 3. What does that design look like? Paul says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. Didn't Tyler just articulate that very well? If you're carrying a heart of bitterness right now, don't think that that's going to make things better, that that's going to bring peace to your life. No. It just makes things work worse. Bitterness, unforgiveness is like, I've said this before, like swallowing poison and hoping that the other person's going to die. They're not. You're only killing yourself. Forgive. Um, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all, these put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. So those are some very practical ways Paul shows us that we need to put on to experience the peace of God. Look at Philippians chapter four. I have for you verses four through seven. But uh, I want to read verses 4 through 9 this morning. Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. What has your mind been think, focusing on lately? Has it been things that have been bringing peace into your life? 
or has it been adding more stress? A cup of water up here, a goblet. I didn't ask my wife permission to borrow one of her goblets for the sermon this morning. So I better not break it. But uh, how much how much water, how much does this water weigh in here? Anybody want to venture to guess? 10 ounces? 12 ounces? 8 ounces? You know what? It really doesn't matter how much this water weighs. (laughs) I don't know how much this water weighs. But, you know, when when you put it down, it's no big deal. It's, It's not a big burden. But if I were to hold this glass of water and concentrate on it for an hour. I didn't set it down for an hour. You know what? My, my arm would start getting tired. Uh, my hand might start cramping up. If I was determined just to continue to hold this glass of water like this all day, there, there may come a point where you would, might want to call the police and have me turned in or something, you know. And maybe you're still thinking that. But... Uh, you know, but the longer that we hold this this glass of water and we focus on this glass of water and we're consumed by keeping this glass of water in the air, this 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 insignificant amount of water becomes a very big deal over time. What are you holding on to that isn't making life better? It's making life worse. And it's becoming more and more of a burden. And when you really look at it, it is rather insignificant. But you can't just, you can't put it down. You want to experience the peace of God? Paul says, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, worthy of praise, think about these things. How much time Are you focusing on Jesus? How how much time, really, this week, did you spend in the Word? Folks, if we're not taking the time to spend in the Word, it's highly likely that we're focused on our problems. On things that are weighing us down. Jesus says, In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Don't try to do this, handle this alone. Take my yoke upon you. Let's do this together. I've given you a Holy Spirit the third person of the Trinity to be with you always. He's there to help. 
I like what Isaiah says in chapter 26, verse 3. Write this down. I don't think it's in your outline. But he says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You want to experience the peace of God? Jesus says in John 16, 33, in me, you will have peace. It may not be physical peace. He does not promise physical peace. But Jesus promises to calm the storm on the inside. Give it to him. So this morning, as we prepare for the supper, two groups of people here. One, you've never made peace with God. We want to help you find that relationship with God through Jesus. For the other group, in preparing for the Lord's Supper, maybe there's something you need to let go of this morning. Just remind yourself that Jesus conquered it all. Don't try to figure this out by yourself. You're not alone. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. Let's pray. And I ask the worship team to come as we sing this song in just a moment. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this time to remember the great sacrifice, Jesus, that you made for us so that we could no longer, don't have to be enemies, enemies of God. We can be your friend. You can be a friend to us. Lord, there are people here in this service who come with lots of different things in their bag, burdens that they carry. Lord, I pray that you would help them give it to you and that they would experience the miracle of your name peace thank you for that promise in Jesus name